Welcome to the Thriving in the Word podcast. We are so happy to have you listening today, and it's a great conversation that we have as we dig deep in the Word. If you're enjoying the Thriving in the Word podcast, we'd invite you to like it on whichever podcast service you use, leave a comment, a rating, review, even share it on social media. Let your friends and family know about what we're doing here. We hope that you enjoy this edition of Thriving in the Word. Okay, so we've been in John chapter 1 through 5. I think last time we were together, we got through maybe a chapter and a half or something like that. I'm not not exactly sure how far we made it, but let's open it up here and see if anything has stood out to you in these chapters here. I know we've been reading through them a lot, a lot of good stuff in here, this Gospel of John, but anything stand out to anybody? One of the things that stood out to me, I think is very important. We talked about it last week and certainly a famous line. You know, in the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God. And so we think of the Word as Jesus Christ. And then Jesus goes out, he becomes flesh, and he goes out, becomes incarnate. He starts his ministry. John's Bible's a little different. And what I notice is that he starts out the wedding at Cana, and he turns water into wine. There's a couple other things that he does. There's no parables in John. Did you guys know that? Mm. There's no parables. None at all? None. Oh, never really considered that yeah. before. Yeah, no neither parable. That's just an aside I'm giving you. But anyway, if there is, challenge me. Yeah, well, no parables. Yeah, as we anyway, go through further, uh, I will, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. I'm thinking of the Word. Let me try to tie this in again without giving you guys extraneous information. The Word is Jesus Christ. And for me, I'm thinking to myself, when I was younger and I was reading these things that Jesus did, feeding the 5,000, doing all these miracles in this wedding at Cana, is the first one in John. I'm asking you guys to think about how you thought about it. I'm going to tell you how I thought about it. I think about it, I go, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. Okay, he did this. Imagine if, for instance, I was in college and he could do that. We were going to <laughs> one of these parties and he changed water into, I don't know, some kind of alcohol or something. As the point is, is that I focused on the, the miracle that he did. When I read John again some years ago, not when I was very young, but maybe a few years ago, and then as I'm reading it again together with you guys, I'm thinking about it and it came back to me, okay, what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah, that's interesting what he did at the wedding at Cana. I'm supposed to be focusing on not the word as he creates miracles and that's the thing because our attention gets diverted. People always wanted Jesus to do oh do a miracle, show me this, show me this show me that like he's a magician but that's not what it is as far as I'm concerned and for me now. The word is Jesus Christ. It's about Jesus himself and what he's teaching, what he's bringing not the miracles that he's doing mm. he did that as an afterthought. His mother said okay, you know, do the, the feeding of the fish we look at that and I look I go that would have been so cool to be there. This is when I was younger now I think we're not looking at what he's doing this for that, well, we, I'm sorry, I don't want to assume you guys, but me, I got to look at it as him being the word and being God and coming for a reason, not to do miracles. Mm. Those were not an afterthought, something that was ancillary to his teaching. And I want your opinion on that. Mm. What do you think when you read one of these miracles that he does and what he's really here for? That affected me, Judah. That I thought about a lot over the last week. How many jars could Jesus fill? As many as they brought him. Mm. try to put that with my own life and as much as I go to Jesus with something that I need that's what he'll fill if I stop bringing him my life the jar then I won't be able to operate out of an overflow so I have to continually go to Jesus to be filled and if Mm. I stop bringing my life to him then it'll Mm. just get to a certain point but in that case 
the wine is just an analogy where you're filling up wine, but you're filling up yourself with Jesus. You're talking about what I am is that you want to be filled up with the word. Yes. The word yes. that Jesus has, the word that Jesus is. It's not the wine. That's right. an analogy, right. as I said, that, okay, he can fill you up. That's just ancillary, all mm. these miracles. And when I was younger, I got sidetracked on that a lot. It's like you were mm. more focused on him doing the work. And that's the it. Miracles. Right. Oh, that's right. cool. Right. Not on the word. That's a good point. Well, yeah. and that's what happened. You see that throughout here anyway, is that people keep asking for a sign, right? Yeah. Show yeah. us more of your tricks, magic man. Do more tricks. Do more tricks. And he flips the tables and they're like, give us a sign that you have the authority. And he's <laughs> like, the only sign I'm going to give you is the fact that tear down this temple and in three days I'll rebuild it. And gave no explanation to that. It said the disciples didn't even have a clue what he was talking about until after. You know, because everybody was just looking for a sign, looking for a miracle. Whenever somebody would ask for something, Thing, like a sign he would always just kind of like walk away with one exception the one frivolous miracle that Jesus did his very first one turning water into wine honoring his mother although he seems a little salty about it to be honest mm. right because they're at the party Jesus is there right they're having a good time they're doing the Macarena whatever you know <laughs> yeah. they're out there they're dancing My they're having the fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah they run out of wine and then mama comes over and so Jesus mother told him they have no more wine Jesus is like, it's not my problem. Dear woman. Yeah. Well, Dear woman, that's not our problem. Yeah. You know, he's the word salty. He specifically says, my time has not yet come. Right. right. That's his right. answer. And I always remembered that when a preacher said, my time has not yet come. So in essence, he tells his mother no. Yeah. Now listen, his mama, don't take no for an answer. Because she didn't even talk to him again I know. after. It's true. It just says, then his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. <laughs> don't listen. And she's just like, give me the job. Yeah, it's like, just fine. Yeah. Get some jars over here. And he makes somewhere between 120 and 180 gallons of fine wine. Dude, that party must have been lit. <laughs> Listen, he party hard. Thank you, Judah, for bringing that up. And that emphasizes my point, how I feel, that even though his mother is revered, what did she do? She focused on what? Mm. converting the water into wine. She knew that he could do it. She says, yeah, you're right. She didn't say anything else to him. She says, just do what he says. She's focusing on, yeah, he's going to do that. He can turn water into wine. Don't worry about it. He'll take care of whatever it is. And at that point, right then and there, to me, and I didn't think of it till you just uh, said that. I see where you're she going. She did not focus on his work. Uh -huh. She's mm. focusing on the magic. That's right. What right. he can do, right. what she right. has right. already probably seen him do something. I, I go off on the heretic path for just a moment. <laughs> Why did she assume that he could do anything here? Exactly. Okay. You know, last Christmas party, yeah. I remember when... <laughs> oh yeah christmas that yeah. would have been his birthday I, I again made an assumption that she saw him do something yeah like i saw you in your room yeah. that yeah. Time. i saw that turn this into a bottle of wine and you were drinking <laughs> now, 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 now this is mary his mother oh, boy. probably the most revered woman in the bible right and she's focused not on what he came for right and he specifically has to tell her my time has not come yet and she has not learned this yet she will as we go along in the bible mm. but not right there. Right. That's my point. Right. She was persistent. What like... did you do to say? <laughs> Yeah. Hey, just do this. He'll take care of this one. I've seen him do it before. I've been at his shows before. Yeah, it's like, I've seen you working on this for a while. And... He's got this down. Yeah, right. It's like, He's Jesus. been practicing yeah. it. If you play a musical instrument and then you go to a family gathering and mom and dad's like, play us a song. It's yeah. Like, no, no. Like, I do that in my bedroom, but I'm not doing it in public. No, come on, play us a song. And... Then play us a concerto here for, yeah, for our right, family. Right. This is the second time I feel like I've seen Jesus not want to do something. The first one is this one. My time has not come yet. This is not 
our problem. The second time, in my opinion, is when he didn't want to be crucified, right? He said, God, take this cup of suffering from me, but yet your will be done. So that just shows that Jesus is human, but he's also persistent with accomplishing what's before him, even if he doesn't want to do. So it's just interesting. When you see an honor there for his parents, yep. for his heavenly father, yep. you definitely see that. Nobody else, I don't think, could have gotten Jesus in that moment to make wine. And every other time, it's like that you see like a miracle. There's usually some kind of, there's a healing or there's feeding the multitude. Like there's kind of a purpose behind it that's not particularly frivolous. Like there's people that if they could take this miracle out of the Bible, they would take this miracle out of the Bible because they don't like the fact that he's making wine. They try to argue out the fact that maybe it had an alcohol content or whatever else. It's like it really bothers well, them, the, 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 you know. The guys, he left the best wine for last. And right. it's like, well, then you know it's got a high alcohol <laughs> right. content. Right, it's like, <laughs> this is good stuff. Yeah. Sip and you're good. Wow, that, yeah. that's some really good grape juice, guys. If we continue reading about that miracle down here, you realize how that his disciples really were just initiates. They were new with this because in verse 11, there yes. in that chapter 2, John says, the miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. So it took him to do a magic trick, so to speak, if right. we're to use that term. You brought that up, Judah Mal. Do, do another trick, yeah. magic Do a magic <laughs> trick and, and his disciples believed in him. So that's what I'm saying. They were initiates. They were so novice right. that now we believe in you because you turned water into wine. Right. And okay, is that it? That's it? Because he did that? They had to come a long way, obviously, and they did, mm. you know, the trial. Houdini who? Well, because before <laughs> that, really, I mean, at least according to this gospel, the only reason why they were following him was because John kind of verified him, mm. right? Because John said, hey, there's a son of God. There's yeah. a lamb of God. It takes away the sin of the world. And they're like, okay, we'll follow him. See yeah. what's up. I mean, like, we don't know really what's happening between the time they started following and this wedding here. They're just like going around doing stuff, you know, hanging out, chatting a little bit. It probably seems pretty normal <laughs> up until this point. And then Mama's like, okay, Jesus, time to start doing some stuff. It's interesting. And even still, though, maybe what you're probing at a little bit, Dave, is how often in our life are we looking for our miracle rather than our Messiah? We're sick or a loved one's sick or we're yeah. having a financial hardship or relational hardship. And God, I want my miracle instead of wanting the Messiah. And we see that throughout the Gospels. Everybody wants the miracle, but not the Messiah. Make us some more bread, Jesus. Make us some more wine, Jesus. Feed us. Heal us. Do this. Do that. Do this. I want you to want me. And Am I enough mm. even if you're still sick? Am I enough even if you still have financial hardship? Is Jesus enough? Or do we only want the miracle out of him? What he can somehow produce for us or make our life easier? And I think that kind of becomes evident. I feel like that's kind of what you're picking that, at that, a little that bit. Is, you put it so much more succinctly than I did. I say, is that all I want? Or do I want the Messiah? Am I there no matter mm. what? If the miracle doesn't happen, do I then not follow if my relationship doesn't get healed, if my financial situation doesn't improve, as you mentioned, Judah? If this doesn't happen, do I desert the Messiah? Do I just say, okay, I move on to another one? Did they do mm. that in here? Because as we saw many times in the Bible, as we've seen, the crowd is fickle. They move, you know, okay, no problem. Oh, who we want to kill? Let's kill Jesus. We'll move on to the next hero that we think is going to rescue us or going to be our savior, the Jewish people. And that's what we do in our lives. And yes, that is exactly what I'm getting at, Judah. Do I want the Messiah or do I just want his miracles? For me, like 95% of the time, I'm asking God to do something mm. instead of filling me up, right? That 5% of the time gets me like what he's actually giving me of him mm. is getting me by. If I were just change it and 95% of the time just want him and then 5% bless me with this or give me this or 
I need this to happen. I feel like my life would be a lot more fulfilled. But even within this being his first miracle, I'd love to go back to even what he said to his mom. My time has not come yet. Mm. And although it wasn't his time, he still did what he had to do. No, well, it's his mom. Right? But but the second, <laughs> but, but then again, <laughs> so with that being his first time that he revealed his glory, then he comes into the temple and just starts to flip tables. Who is this guy? Mm. This guy's got a temper. This guy, he's a magician. Mm -hmm. Let's not mess with him. <laughs> and he's going against things that people think are normal. You studied magic, right? Yeah. Have you ever used it in any of your sermons? I have. N not a whole lot. <laughs> not a whole lot, but yeah. This is all prime material. Yeah, for... yeah. I pray to God every day. Most of the times I'm asking, hey, take care of this person, take care of this, bolster this relationship, help these people out, finance this. So I'm, I'm praying to God every day that way. I'm asking for things. I'm trying to be generous, trying to do the things. But what do I do? What does a person do? just as we're talking to ourselves and other people that may be listening to us, what do we do to focus on the Messiah and not on the miracle, so to speak, on saying, hey, please heal this, fix this, do this or do that. Oh, thank you, Lord. I thank him every day for everything that I have because I have a beautiful life. I have a wonderful life, a bountiful life, more than I could use. And yet, what should I be doing to focus on the Messiah? If somebody were to ask you that, like I'm asking. Mm. It comes back to seeking him first and the work comes down to having a relationship with god without strings attached to it i think obviously we want to get in the scripture we want to learn about god we want to learn who he is we want to spend that time in prayer where we're having conversation with god but i think even like when it comes to prayer can we pray without requesting something challenged somebody the other day what does it look like to pray a prayer that is not selfish and i'm going to take this to an interesting point maybe say there's a loved one who's sick and I'm praying for their healing. In one way, that seems like it's not selfish. And another way, it could be because, well, I don't want to lose somebody who's close to me and I don't want to go through the grieving process. And what, you know, it's like a lot of it is still revolved around yes. me. If, if they were somebody else and I didn't know them, I wouldn't really care that much. But because I know them and because it affects me, what does it look like to pray a prayer? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for sick and whatever else i'm not saying we shouldn't bring requests but even as an experiment like what does that look like yeah. mm. to, 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 go to go and and spend even five minutes in conversation with god that has nothing to do with requesting something or has nothing to do with me having any benefit whatsoever just simply conversational and i think that that's with what we see with jesus you know jesus was continually spending time with his father for the life of me i can't imagine him going off to the mountain saying and god will you do this and will you do that and will you do this and will you do that and will you do this and will you do that it was like his life was spent kind of fulfilling god's will and doing the miraculous but i believe that in the times of alone you know i don't know if it was really requests much as it was just being with god and conversing with god and mm. and expressing the struggles and mm. and talking like as if you would talk to a friend i mean again there's a lot of people i think in your life dave because of your position that may come to you and ask you for things right yes um some more than others right absolutely so let's just take somebody that comes on a regular basis asking for things okay is that person does that request process does that make them your friend no who are your friends do your friends ask you for things generally not yeah generally not and maybe on occasion you're almost 
trying to anticipate the question, right? If there's someone who's a friend of yours and they say, oh man, I'm just really having a heart. Let me help you with that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like it's coming from a different angle rather than the person who's all like you see him coming in the door and you're like, okay, what's it this time? And I'm not saying that that doesn't give you a certain level of joy and a certain level of fulfillment being able to help those people. But you see, it's a different relationship. There's a relationship of me as a philanthropist or me as a friend. And I think that oftentimes that's how we approach God. Now, he says that we can come boldly and we can ask things and we can request and we can petition. Not that we can't do that, just as I'm sure your kids ask you for things. But again, if that's not the entirety of the relationship, all throughout, I think this, and that's what Jesus is kind of picking at a lot, is the fact of saying, everybody wants all these miracles, but they don't want to get to know me. Mm -hmm. And Jesus says, come and follow me. And when his disciples say, hey, who's going to get to sit at Jesus' right hand and left hand? And Jesus is like, you don't know what you're asking. Are you ready to die for me? Because... The end of your story is not going to be pretty. Mm. Let, let's face it. I mean, the disciples who wanted Jesus to come and establish a kingdom that would bring Israel back into world prominence, that never came as they were expecting yeah. it to. And all but John died horrible deaths. John, they just couldn't kill him. But, I mean, he ends up dying of natural causes. But all the other 11, imagine your, your 11 closest friends and all of them get murdered for what they believe. You got the healings and the miracles and all the good stuff, but at some point, Peter was crucified upside down and Bartholomew was skinned alive and all these other people, you know, I think Thomas was run through with spears, I think. I mean, it's like all these people had met their demise because of mm. Jesus Christ. And so again, I feel like sometimes maybe we're looking at the wrong thing. And I don't know if that entirely answers your question, but I think it comes down to putting that priority on looking at Jesus and not looking at the ancillary things. If you walk close to Christ and walk close to Jesus, I believe you will live a supernatural life where there will be miracles that are occurring outside of that. It's not even so much answer your question, though it did, and it just allowed me to think. And when I started this out as this conversation, the winning at Cana and and not focusing on the word on Jesus himself, rounding that out. And I'm thinking as you're talking, the reason I asked the question to you, and hopefully you guys are thinking about it too, is because I'm not doing that enough. Mm. I'm definitely not doing that enough where I'm just going to God, going to Jesus, and just talking to him, as you said. Mm. You know, I've heard your challenges, and I do. I've done it. It's not that I haven't done it without asking. And I, I don't need to ask for anything for myself. And I shouldn't say it like that, like I don't need anything, because I do. And it's not material things or financial things. It's other things. But, you know, always asking, can you heal this one? Can you do this? Can you do it? Not just talking. And I only do that a little bit. This is making me open this up again from what I had studied in the past, and it's just opened up a can of worms, if you will, again, this wedding at Cana thinking, again, these miracles, they get us to focus on the miracles, on the magic part of Jesus, and oh, he can do this, he can do this, he was a, this amazing person, but we're not really focusing on him as the word. I'm not talking to God directly without asking for something. Enough. Do I do it occasionally? Yeah. But not enough. Maybe like your 95.5 percentile. Listen, I mean, the majority of us, I feel like if we're honest with ourselves, do that day in and day out. We're just going to God and asking and not just being in his presence. It reminds me of Elijah, how Jesus tells Elijah to go to the mountain and to pray. And then a lot of people think that when they talk to God, they're going to hear thunders and they're going to hear like a roar from heaven, all of these things. And in 1 Kings 19, verse 11 through 13, and just a quick example, this is Lord telling Elijah, go out and stand before me on the mountain. And as Elijah stood there the Lord passed by and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain and it was a terrible blast and that the rocks were torn loose but the Lord was not in the wind 
after the wind was there, an earthquake happened, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And then Elijah said, like, what are you doing? I like to think of God being that gentle. If I'm talking loud, right? If like, just like I am right now, and someone's whispering, it's hard to hear what they're saying. So in order for me to hear what God is telling me, I have to be muted sometimes or a lot <laughs> so I can hear what God is trying to tell me. Or am I being silent and Would practicing mindfulness? Here's something to consider that maybe seems a little wonky and awkward, but I'll throw it out there anyway. It was a couple of years ago that for me it started where I felt like I needed to get away for an overnight trip. And I felt like what God was saying was, why don't we go away together? Mm. Like, why don't we do something together? So I was like, okay, fine, I'll go. And again, especially the first time I did it, I'm thinking like, well, what's the agenda? Like, oh, I'm gonna study, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that and, and whatever. And and as I'm praying, I'm like, well, what, what, are we, what are we trying to accomplish here? Mm. And it was kind of like, well, what do you ever accomplish when you go away? You do things together, like do things. So, you know, that, case I brought my snowshoes and I went snowshoeing and I you know did different things like that I'm like let's just go and have fun together I know this sounds weird like what if you said hey you know I'm gonna go out to dinner with Jesus tonight or I'm gonna go out to eat and I'm gonna be aware of his presence the entire time mm. and I'm gonna spend time now I know it you know, sounds weird but I think like that's the kind of mentality that we need to kind of start to get ourselves into whether it's that or mowing the lawn or going for a walk in the woods let me go for a walk with Jesus and be aware of his presence not as a okay I'm just gonna request a bunch of stuff yeah. but I'm just gonna be aware of your presence that's good and That's I'm going to talk and I'm going to complain and I'm going to shut up and listen and maybe I don't hear anything because some of you know about my journey as far as my mornings and literally walk and spending time with God. From an early point in that though, I said, I don't expect anything out of this. I'm not going to do it with any expectation. Like I'm going to expect great new insights from God. I'm not going to expect any supernatural occurrences or supernatural power or anything other than I'm just going to go and do this. And as a result, some of those things have happened, but sometimes those things don't happen, and that's okay. Just like if you have a friend, if you're gonna go away for a weekend with your son to see a basketball game, hypothetically, if your son says, okay, well, dad, what are we gonna accomplish while we're away? What? <laughs> like, what do you mean, what are we gonna, we're, we're gonna go, we're gonna eat, we're right. gonna see a ball game, we're gonna have fun, we're, we're gonna, gonna laugh, right, you know, yeah. we're gonna live, live life a yeah. little bit. There's no agenda other than just having Spending a good time, time together, you know? Right. And it's like, again, like, what if we looked at God like we do any other relationship that we have in oh, our life? Oh, that's so good, Judah. You know? That's good. It's like, if we just looked at it like that, Rather than, okay, I got to have a plan here, you know. We don't pray just to talk to God, as you're saying, Judah, because things come up in our lives. Mm. Yours, mine, Judah's. Our agendas are so busy. We're always praying. It, mm. our, because we're humans, there's always something. Oh, if it isn't to us personally, it's to a family member, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or to a child, maybe. Mm -hmm. Or to a foster. There's something that we're praying for. Mm -hmm. So... How about this challenge? Speaking of, we pray we're, during our daily lives, we're always asking for favors from God, or favors, or, or please heal this one, please do this. When we are done with our Bible study, each week, what do we do? Judas says, is there any concerns? And we pray, and I want to pray for my wife's niece, as she's in her operation today. How about, in addition to that, Judas says, and now let's take a quiet minute and just talk to God, not ask him any favors. What about mm. that? I challenge us to do that sure. right here. Sure. Okay? Just yeah. a thought. Yeah. Okay? Why don't we do that and try to get ourselves indoctrinated or used to doing that here so we go out and practice it yeah. outside? Now, I know you do it, Jude, on a regular basis, but I mean for the rest yeah. of us. No, it's great. And the purpose of that is to be what? Is to be filled. Yes, I'm saying. To yeah. be filled. Have a minute of quiet right here at the end of our session, a minute of quiet mm. where we just talk to God or mm. be with him, as Judas said. Not asking for anything, just talking <clears throat> quietly in our minds with him right here. And then maybe learn to do that when we go out there. Just 
Yeah. If not a challenge, just a thought. I'm asking mm-hmm. you guys if mm-hmm. you would consider it. If you ever want to write a book about this, you can call it BSing with Jesus. BSing? Why? Because yeah. <laughs> you're just talking to like yeah. a friend. Yeah. That's what you do. Know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and that's that's the thing. It's like... I'm like, where's he going with yeah. <laughs> I never know where Ben's going with things. <laughs> um, what would it look like if Jesus was here? If you imagine what the disciples were doing, like, what were they doing? The first thing that we know the disciples were doing with Jesus was going to a wedding. I don't think he's discussing Ezekiel at the wedding. Like, not necessarily. He's probably like, oh, man, this filet is great, you know? <laughs> and, you know, it's like, hey, can you pass some potatoes over here? And they're just, like, having a good time relationally. And that's one thing that even I've seen with leadership development, for example. And I'm sure you've probably seen it as well, Dave, in businesses and stuff. That somebody can have the right skills, but the wrong everything else. Yeah. You know, and there's some people that have no skills, but they got the right something, and you're willing to put the time into it because of a relationship. Thanks, Judah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Judah. Thanks, guys. I'm in a position right now where I have to hire an experienced person, but I dread that. I don't like that. I normally hire for what you just said. They have this. They don't have any skills in my business. Let's talk about my insurance business, but they have everything else they need. They have a great personality. They're wonderful with people, and they've got the proper attitude. I cannot teach that. I cannot teach somebody to be friendly. I cannot teach having good manners, having all that. You either have that or you don't. And exactly, Jude, exactly. But they don't have this, and I could teach the skill. The ones that have the skills, I've hired people like that. They've got all the skills in my particular business. And while it isn't rocket science, you have to have a certain skill set, but they've got no personality, no attitude, none of the other Their character is ugly. Yeah, you know. And as you mentioned, okay, so Jesus started going out here uh, to this wedding, and he's with his friends. No, he's not talking about Ezekiel and I started imagining him here when you said that imagine him sitting around here we're just talking and am I going to say can't wait for him to do a miracle what's he going to yeah. do here <laughs> I, I hope that I wouldn't be like that and I'd just be able to of course I wouldn't know what to do yeah. pro- probably is how it would really turn out but you put that in my mind that I pictured him sitting right there when you said that mm. he was right there in the flesh and just sitting there and I'm thinking okay yeah, what would I do? Would I just clam up? Would I do the mm. same thing? With or do we pull out a list of requests? And, you know? Yeah, yeah, and I don't want to do oh, that. Oh, good, so. you're here. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Let, 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 so notes. this yeah. is where my mind has been with this, just with this mm. one little passage on Cana. I'm thinking, okay, am I like this? Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm thinking, oh, this is exciting. And if I was there, verse 9. I always love this line because they would read this in when I was a Catholic. When the master ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, he called the bridegroom over. Yay, come on, buddy. He goes, a host always serves the best wine first. He goes, then everyone has had a lot to drink, meaning they're drunk. Then he right. brings out the less expensive wine, but you've kept the best until now. Mm. I'm thinking, mm. oh, yeah, that was cool. That's great. You know, they, mm. Like he's psyched. That's the big thing, mm. that the wine was, the best wine was there now mm. and the Jesus obviously doesn't make bad wine. Well, I was thinking that too. This is not like bottom shelf. <laughs> it's like, like you can't like, reach this. Jesus is making top. wine. It's going to be good. It's why his mother said, "Do whatever he yeah. says. You won't be sorry." Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I this can't reach it. Five hundred dollar bottle stuff. You know, this is a high end. Well, and I know that Judah and you, Dave, can take this a step further. But in John two verse twelve, after the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. And what I'm thinking about that is he went for a few days and I'm sure that after doing what he did he was being filled in that time it, it's not documented here but I'm certain Jesus went and grew his relationship with God. Building his relationships with his followers. Exactly. You know, his exactly. You guys haven't seen The Chosen yet but they do have an episode about the wedding mm. and Jesus is literally he's just a guest at the wedding. Mm. 
You're right. just doing what everybody else is doing, having having food, talking with people. Right. Mm-hmm. Socializing. Having, having a right. good time. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then when he comes to clear the temple, so he went away for a few days, and then it was time for the Jewish Passover celebration, so he went to Jerusalem, only to be pissed to see everything that was going on. So he was filled, and he's like, wait a second, what is going on here? So it's just interesting to see how he operated. One of the most interesting verses I've ever read is this John 2.15, just the first, I don't know, a few words. Jesus made a whip from some ropes. I don't know, that, that just always fascinated me. So I'm thinking like, is that why you have a lot of ropes in your office? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just imagining, said the night before, they're all like hanging out and they're yeah. eating and Jesus is over like braiding something. Everyone's like, like what you doing Jesus? Like just hang on. <laughs> like, I'm, just, I'm just making something here. Like what, what is this craft time with Jesus here? It's like, he's like, oh, come on. Like, like what are you, so I'm making a whip. They're like, a whip? <laughs> like what the heck are you gonna do with the whip? Just wait, come on. Hey, can you put a little tension on this? Like, oh, I'm making this thing. And then he like goes in with this whip and then chases them out. Of the <laughs> chases them all out. But I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he just reached over and grabbed it and like made it right there on the spot. That's but, what I. That's what I but, think. But, he did. but but I'm thinking like he 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 had foresight, so yeah. he knew it was coming. So mm. I'm thinking this was just like the wine. Like if he's gonna make wine, he's gonna make good wine. If he's gonna make a whip, it's probably a pretty nice whip. You yeah. know, it's like <laughs> Indiana Jones. Yeah, right. Exactly. It's like <laughs> yeah, you just wait. <laughs> that verse always fascinated me for some reason that he's like premeditating this. I'm gonna go to the temple. We're gonna kick some butt here. He even got mad at the animals. <laughs> I mean, he drove out yeah. the sheep and cattle and everybody else. Like he just went a little. He I'm went just, rogue. I'm, I'm just thinking, like, have we ever had like artwork for? An episode. This one would just be like it's Indiana Jones, but it's Jesus. That'll be our podcast music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I just think it's interesting, and then you know that just the order of things too that he goes and he just does that early on and kind of just starts making waves right in the beginning that's got to be a tough thing to do to go make waves in an establishment like that like imagine going into say a mall start flipping over tables you you probably go there with good intention and then you kind of like back out you're like i don't know this is kind of weird what are people gonna think they're gonna kick me out and jesus like just goes in starts flipping tables over i mean he just like had this righteous indignation that came over him but again the making the whip implies to me that it was premeditated he was planning this thing let's go ahead and wrap up we didn't really make we only got through half of john 2 not even not even i think we only covered the the wedding wedding. that was was because of me guys no (laughs) no 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 i I didn't think we could talk that much about the wedding but uh that's good good stuff And, and i think that's that's the interesting thing about god's word is that you can deep dive in on things that are uh seem kind of small and insignificant but you can really dig into it i'm sure we could spend our whole lives studying just that one miracle and uh come out better people as well i I am i i know that i have to focus on talking to god without looking for anything without saying hey i need this you know person to be healed i need this and that so Mm. i have on that there so thanks for indulging me (laughs) the the wedding of canaan thanks for your input too judah and ben and lenny there's a lot in that yeah. I think it's, we're just trying to re-examine what we're trying to be filled with. And it's either the things that we want or the things that we know we need, which is all of Jesus. Well, well, so we're still yeah. asking, but it's it's him. We want more of him. Yeah. Well, we want more of him. him. Growing up Catholic, you, know, you heard that you know, when they read the gospel, that came up a lot of times, turned to water into wine. And I focused on that. I mean, you're young. What else would you focus on? I didn't focus on, oh, wait a minute. Should I be focused on the word? You know, Jesus trying to get attention to him. Not to the water and the wine and not to all these other miracles, but I didn't think of that when I was younger. 
that yeah. I have over the last number of years. And, and again, mm -hmm. just redoing this with you guys now, you know, I'm, I'm really focused on saying, okay, what did my studies show me over the years? And now what am I getting out of this? And that's it. I don't want to ask. I want to say, hey, I've got everything. And I don't want to ask for it. Yes, as, as you said, Judy, it's important to pray for people. And, and I think prayers are so important. But so is just talking with God without any strings attached, just, just chatting, just like, you know, we would, we're not asking each other for anything. Yeah, so that, oh, go ahead, Ben. Show us more tricks, Magic Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Title of this episode. Um, that's a good challenge, though, for everyone is to take some time in this coming week to just be with God. Go out for coffee, go for a walk, go for a drive. Whatever it is that, take it one step further, do something that you find enjoyment in, right? Because I believe God finds enjoyment in the things that we find enjoyment in to some extent, because he created everything. So do something you find enjoyment in, whether it's like going for a drive. When I say that, I mean, not something that's a distraction. Oh, I'm gonna go and watch TV, you know? Because yeah. that's a distraction, but go for a drive, go for a walk, go for a coffee, go for a meal, do something and do it with God, being aware of his presence in a conversational way even, where you can talk as you would talk if you were doing that with any other friend that you had. And and it, it may feel awkward, but I think it's a good exercise for us, to be honest with you. I, I do so. too. I like that. I'm going to capture what you just said, Judah. Do something and do it with God. Yeah. So, okay. Let's wrap it up. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our discussion today on the Thriving in the Word podcast. We invite you to leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening to this podcast also consider sharing it on social media we can't wait to be back together with you at the thriving in the word podcast